So this is something that we do every five weeks into the year. And so I just wanted to remind you why we do this. And in First uh, Corinthians fourteen twenty six, it says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And so this is our time as a community of believers just to get up and talk about our hearts and passion where God's leading us and everything. So tonight we have Holly Nichols. Holly has been a part of the church, gosh, I want to say going on four years. And um, she just is this wonderful, vivacious, beautiful soul. And so she's going to come up here and she told me she's going to talk about her journey of oneness with the Lord. So Holly. Yay. Yes. So I am being very uncharacteristic for myself by having notes and a PowerPoint because my only fear is that I will go way over time because I talk too much. And so, um, so I'm going to be really focused. And so Jen's going to help me with that. But first, just thank you because Vicki asked me to do this. And when she did, I literally didn't answer back because I had been up for like a long time and I was really tired and, and I thought, well, there's no way, right? Like, I mean, there's like, God knows what my time of year looks like. So this is crazy. And then, um, in that, I just knew that it no wasn't the answer, that yes was the answer. And so I was like, okay, well, here we go. But I'm so thankful because honestly, during a really busy time, it's helped me to really stay focused on God. What have you been teaching me and showing me? And what are you doing with that now? So by the time I went to bed last night, because I did decide at the last minute to do this to help me, I thought, like, I'm so excited about where God's taking, where he's taking, like, I'm excited where he's taking me. I'm like really excited where it's leading. And it just was growing more and more because of this. So thank you. And, and, and I just, I just love that we do that, that, that we do these, these talks. So I want to talk about Ehad and the oneness. And, and I wanted to kind of tell my journey a little bit. And then I want to really focus on really just the truths that I think are like so big that I'm super excited. So, so with that, um, with that, we started talking about, so Larry, as we know, is so good <laughs> about taking controversial things or things that people are questioning and turning it into a discussion and not ignoring it. And it may sound crazy and surprising um, to those who were, have not been at Tuesday nights. But for me, one of those things was Trinity because I was not comfortable with that word, with that concept. And so I was really thankful that instead of saying, well, this is why you should believe like I do, like some people would do and teaching. Instead, he said, let's look at it and see. And after that study that we all did, um, just like with everything we look at in this, in this body, I feel like, like our group is, is so special that we look at something and I always say it gets bigger and better. And as I've been thinking about that, I thought if we're ever looking at the Bible and that scripture of any kind, and it's getting small, it's making God smaller, more limited or more controlling, we're off. If we look at something and it gets bigger and brighter, we're on, right? Like, and that's what it did for me. So with the study of Trinity, instead of walking away, having much understanding about what I, you know, much different beliefs this necessarily. What I walked away with, okay, I'm looking for a word. So Trinity didn't settle with me. I couldn't find the word, right? I couldn't find it. I couldn't, it didn't settle. Um, we were talking perichoresis. It didn't quite settle, but I was looking for a word biblically and the word that kept ste- stepping out for what my journey needed to be in this walk would be echad and oneness. And um, I have the privilege and honor of, of walking with a lot of um, Jewish teaching um, from the Jewish faith, not because I am, I'm not Jewish, but God called me to study um, at, a, at the synagogue and to walk into as much of that as I could. So I have this like first Testament focus and, um, and I, and I have a, um, 
I have a Hebraic opportunities to learn that. So when I heard a cod, it kept coming out over and over to me was the Shema. And I don't know if you've heard about the Shema, but that's what, what kept coming back. So I want to, we'll get to that part in just a, in just a moment, but I want to talk to you about oneness and why, how God walked me through. So the piece of the journey, I, you guys, I sometimes reference any conversation that I'm with people at, at Tuesdays. I'm always like, well, sometimes God talks to me about my hands and it sounds so like, Hey, you know, like, Oh, okay. I wonder what in the world she means, but it's because it was this beautiful moment when I was sitting with God, and we have been talking about our the verse that we talk about all the time, which was the John 14, 20, so thank you um, to Tim. We talk about that so often because it's legit and it's real, and so he, so he is in us, and so I, I actually, when I put it on the PowerPoint, it's actually backwards um, because I, I, it starts on the, the end there, but I am in you, so I am in you was the first way God started walking me into oneness, and he had me sit and look at my fingers, which I know sounds crazy, but it's like, and so everybody right now, look at your hands and look at the tiniest thing. And I just pictured like a pin, like a pin, like a stick pin, a needle. If it barely pricked it, what's the smallest it would, it would be? Where's the smallest place it would land? And God was saying, I'm in that piece. I'm in there. That tiniest one, it gets smaller than that. I'm in you. So that's where it started for me with oneness. And and I would love to talk more about that. I'll go back. Um, I would love to talk more about that piece to anybody who wants to, because and I was going to do the exercise tonight, but I just don't think um, it was the, what God wanted to focus on. But I think there's something to He's in you. He's in us in every tiny detail. He's in every tiny breath, every tiny particle. There's nothing within us where he is not there. And we've been talking about that, you know, if I go to the show, I'm there. But I'm like, if you go to the very nucleus of my atom, you are there, you are in me. And just the beauty of that. So then the next step um, for me was, was another uh, thing. So God took this experientially and then he brought it in biblically for me. So experientially, the next thing I started seeing, because sometimes I just have weird experiences like, Oh, look at your hands. Or sometimes I just see things. And so in ascension groups and in, and when, and sitting with God, I was started seeing this blue shape. I think it was, I don't remember, but at some point at some experience with God, I was seeing this blue shape and it was kind of like this. Um, and I've come to realize that's a thing. So now I'm trying to learn about that thing. Um, so I don't know about the thing. <laughs> I don't know exactly geometrically or sacred geometry and all that stuff. No idea. But what I do know <laughs> is that um, I did learn since then and, and that this is some guy apparently mapped out Genesis 1 in physics and it looks like this. So that's interesting. I don't know anything about it, so I won't share. But what I do know is this is, this is a thing. But when God showed it to me, what I was seeing is I was seeing this, this picture of lines connecting us one to another. And I was seeing these, the, like the lines connecting heaven to earth. And in that, I would be like, well, I, would, I would, I would see this picture and thought, hmm, we're all connected. And then I was going to the grocery store. And at the grocery store, I'd be with the checkout person. I remember the first time it happened, it was a random checkout guy, a girl, I mean. And so she was standing there, she's doing her thing. And I just, I just kind of took a breath, like, you know, just kind of sighed. And I, something like God said to me, actually, it wasn't even a feeling. I felt like God said to me, you, you're, you're breathing her in. She matters. You breathed her in. And I started saying, oh, okay. So I would breathe back out. Oh, you're breathing out who you are. And so, and then I thought, oh, that's affecting this checkout girl. Oh, that's a check that, you know, the people in my life, it's one thing to say I'm connected to, but to say I'm affecting everyone everywhere where I walk. So in the grocery store, I'd walk around breathing, just doing my normal life, just breathing in, breathing out. And every once in a while it would hit me. Oh, there's somebody across the, the store. You just shared their breath. 
the breath of the living God, <laughs> the living God who lives within you. He just breathed in this grocery store and someone was impacted by it because we are one. And so he was walking me through those levels of oneness and, and, um, and so I, again, I just wanted to share that part of the journey. So, um, the, the next thing that happened is I started seeing those, the, in that donut shape, I started seeing these lines, um, that I would think, and I know it sounds crazy because I'm just telling things I've seen, but I, like, it just in, 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 in the spiritual, I would see these lines and each of those donut shapes, I was seeing these bright blue lines and they were real. I couldn't see where they stopped, but I was sitting on my couch and I, I could just, and it's not like I see them. It's just I see them. And so it was it was an internal see, but I could see them. But it's like if I put my hands out, it's like even though I couldn't see it in front of me, I could I could feel an energy there. So I felt like God said, hold a line. So I held the line. And I realized that this is a line, and he told me specifically who I was holding that line with. And so I was trying to feed down that line the things that that person might need and, and receive from them what they had of oneness. And then and the next thing, it was you can hold three lines. You can hold nine lines. And I was like, okay, I don't know what any of this means, but it kind of looked like this and it felt more like this, like, oh, you know, like, oh, like this is it. And so in those things that I didn't know exactly why. And then we, we were in a, a national park last summer and, um, I just kind of stepped away by myself and went and sat on a rock and I was sitting out there and God said, how many lines can you hold? And I was like, I don't know. You've only told me nine. Like, I don't know. It feels really powerful with just a handful of, of, of lines. And so instead I just reached out. I probably looked crazy, but I was sitting on this mountain, just kind of sitting there watching the sunset. And I just thought, like, I'm grabbing every line from humans, from nature, from all that you are. I'm going to let it feed into me, whatever it means it's feeding. I don't get it. So that's where the oneness journey started for me. And then where it's led has been even better. So that's where I really want to focus. But um, with that, then the next step was you are in me. So I am in you. You are in me. And the you are in me, I'm not going to talk about because, um, again, time-wise, I just want to honor that. But with the you are in me, um, I, I did see a picture of DNA and how we're, we're, how we're connected to God that was beautiful. And if there's time at some point or questions, I'll share that if we end up with time for that. Um, but then the next one is really where I want to focus, that I am in the in my Father. And so that leads back to that place of studying the Trinity and finding the connection between Father and Son and Spirit. And then I dare to say us, because that's where I feel God's been really leading me, is that, that the reason I couldn't settle is because three isn't enough. <laughs> and I feel really bold saying it because I know it's questionable, but three isn't enough. I think we've always been apart. And so in that, I, I wanted to prove it biblically. I didn't want to just know it. I wanted to know, is this scriptural? Is, am I making stuff up? Like, this seems a little crazy, but I am in my father. And so I, and I kept thinking, I kept thinking of the Shema. And I will say, I am um, very hesitant to talk about the Shema because I don't want to dishonor it in any way for what it is in the Jewish faith, because I think it's a beautiful piece of the Jewish faith and I don't want to dishonor that. But I kept feeling something in me said, the Shema is not a declaration. The Shema is an invitation. Like that's what I kept feeling. And my gut was saying, lean into the Shema. And the Shema is just the word here. 
we'll talk about that in a moment. It's a prayer that's said by the Jewish people. And and in the Jewish faith, they say it's the first one. It's the first that many, most children learn the first prayer. It's the, they, many say it twice a day. It's the, um, and then the, the last prayer that they often pray on their deathbed. It's an important piece, but when they declare it, they're often talking about the monotheistic piece. And, um, I know we have people that have, have, have lived that faith differently. So you can speak to that in any way if I'm wrong, because I don't want to dishonor that. And so I, that, but that piece of he's, of, of he's one. God is one. So it's, and so in that, I kept saying, what does that mean in invitation? So I was looking, because, because I was thinking the Shema, I was trying to look for how is this? I was reading the context, reading around it, trying to figure out, is this an invitation? This sounds like a declaration. So in that, that's when things started really opening up to me. Um, with that, because I was, I was thinking this is an invitation into oneness. And so I wanted to look at that part tonight. So the Shema is in, it's in, um, the, the words Shema Israel, and that is in, in Deuteronomy 6-4. The, the prayer actually combines a few different scriptures. And so it's not just, it's not just this one place, but that's where it starts. And so in that, the way we've heard in the English is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So I kept looking for, okay, the one. Where is the invitation in that? Why is this an invitation? So for several months, I've been looking and feeling and wondering, where is the invitation? Because my gut says there's an invitation. And so I was looking for it because I didn't want to make it up. And then over the last few weeks, God has opened some of that up for me because this is what it says in English. But this is what it says in Hebrew. And I know that, um, you know, we don't, we don't read Hebrew, most of us in the room. But with that, if you start over here, on this thing, because they read, um, they, it goes this way. So you look at Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. So as they're reading through there, it's we would say, Hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Um, however, there is no is. If you so ours says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This says Shema. Here, Israel, Adonai, our God, Adonai, one. So I started saying, okay, let's look at that. And so now we've been looking at, and now I've been looking at Echad, and what, what does that mean? So as I looked at what that meant, um, one of the ways I've started learning to um, to try to dive deeper is through um, through Paleo Hebrew. And so with that, um, with the Paleo Hebrew piece. You basically take the, the the alphabet and you break it down into piece by piece, and then it gives you some idea of what it might have meant originally. With the idea, kind of like um, what we would think of, like what do you call them on the cave walls? But but it's an but it's the same concept in where it's, it's it's pictorial, and so it has this pictorial piece to it, so you can learn from the pictures of what it meant. So in in Echad, we start on the side again, and so we start with the olive the hit and the dalit. And so I kept trying. So as I looked at that and I started looking at that piece, I was trying to find, but is there an invitation? And what I started finding to me is glorious. And I think maybe the whole point of why we're breathing air with him, <laughs> um, because, because it says, Aleph, the strength and the leader. So it's an invitation into strength and leader, God. 
to just our, our leader, our strong one. It's silent. It's just that Olive is silent. It's the first letter of the alphabet. So, um, so where they said, I, I am the Alpha and Omega is what we say. It's actually, I am the Olive and the Tov. And that means the first letter and the last. It's not, I am the A and the Z. <laughs> it is not the Alpha and Omega. He says, I am the Olive. I am the toe. So it's very clear the meaning there. I am the olive. Um, it's silent. And the first letter that's, that's written in, in Genesis is Bereshit, which starts with the next one, B. And so it's like saying before the B, before I spoke the word into existence, I am the silent olive. I am the one. I am the, the beginning. And so, so he is the be- this beginning. So he's the strong leader. And then you look at, at Het. So, um, in the, is the next letter in the word. And it means a wall, a fence, or a separation. And then the next letter, you see a door or um, a move or an entrance. So, it's, so to me, what this was saying is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord, a strong leader who's a wall, a fortress, a fence, with a door for you to enter into me. And to me, that became the invitation. And so in that piece of the invitation, what it's actually saying, and this is so, um, so in this prayer, to me, to, I believe if you look at each of these words, I have like a less than kindergarten, um, education on Paleo Hebrew. But to me, as I do this with this prayer, this is what it's saying. It's saying here is what we would say, but I'm going to do it like I would see it in Paleo Hebrew, um, in my own very small interpretation. Um, but it would say, okay, like take, Take a bite. Take, take this in, in a way, what you're about to hear, what you're about to hear and see, take it in in such a way that it will apply force to impact your very waters of who you are. Ishmael, Yisrael, Adonai. Adonai, they gave that as a, as a way to, Adonai is a term to take the place of these letters because this here is yod Hey vav Hey is how they spell it, and it wasn't to be pronounced. And so now, in a lot of the circles, you hear yod Hey vav Hey yod Hey vav Hey. Um, Christians would say Jehovah, because we try to pronounce the unpronounceable name. But, um, but, but then what, but what they would do is they would assign this, this idea of Adonai, like a name, a title. So, so you take this in Israel, and then the way that those letters read, it's like a spark, or the work, the work of the spark of breath that connects heaven to earth through the breath. That's yod Hey vav Hey. So it's this spark, this work, this initiation of breath that create, that connects heaven and earth to the breath. And then Eloheinu would be our God. So it's the plural of our God. And just to keep it quick, quick there. And then again, this, the, this, this, um, yod Hey vav Hey. Um, echad. So again, take note here, what you're about to see and hear, take it into such a way that it applies pressure that will you will, what you see will impact the very being of the waters of the living waters you created with Israel. <sighs> Our God. <sighs> he is the strong leader with this fence that you're invited into. So that becomes the prayer. And in that, um, 
in that, I had a chance to sit with Darla Fields last weekend, which was a great honor. She's an amazing teacher and does this really, really well. And as I did, I was like, okay, and then what? And she was like, well, now this is the track. You're on track. But she was like, but the next thing I would do is I would say, oh, he's a door. He's a like, okay, so if he is, if God is a strong leader who has this, this fence, this wall with this door, then she said, then what is, what's the first verse you think of? Behold, I stand at the door. I knock. And then as I started thinking and, and looking and asking God about those, then it's another one um, is the one that to me was the best is John 10 in the beginning and then one, one through 16. Technically, the ones that say this word are verses seven and nine, but it says, I am the gate for the sheep. It's Jesus saying, so Yeshua is saying, I am the gate. So there's a, there's, a, and he talks about there's this pin, the sheep are going there. I am the gate. And he says it again, I'm the gate. I'm the only gate. So he is, so he's saying, I am the gate. I am the way to enter into Adonai. I am the way to enter in to your rightful place of Echad and share his his breath. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. So as we come in, we're going to enter that gate with this thanksgiving of who we are. And the name of Adonai is a strong tower. It's a wall. It's a it's a place. So his name is a strong tower for us. I am the olive and the tove. So this is where I believe he's taking it in me, is to move forward in that um, and to, to move forward with those things. And then as that, um, I did look in Genesis just to kind of confirm. And then Jen actually accidentally confirmed it today on this huge level because she was saying, she's like, can I say this random thing to you? And it was totally about this verse. So it was awesome. Um, so in that, um, in that, as I was looking at Echad and when is it used? And one of the places it's used is, is right that we're at the place where, uh, where, um, Adam is cut open. The rib is taken, put into, you know, the woman, the woman, that piece. And so that piece, and he creates, and he says, so this is why a man is to leave his father and mother and stick with his wife. They are to be echad. And that is an invitation. We're not forced to be a husband or a wife. We're not forced in those relationships. It's an invitation. So it's, again, it's his invitation. They are to be become one flesh. And what Jen, the weird part she shared with me today is this idea of this arcing, which the, the reason it stood out is because it was talking about the, the Ark of the Covenant. And I know we've talked about that before, that place where, where God rests, that it, that, and it wasn't just here's one rib woman, that it was like, like God splitting it open and taking half out and saying, now you're going to arc together these ribs to these ribs to create one. And so in that, if the, when she said Ark of the Kevin, I was like, oh, because that's the place that God meets. That's the place that God rests. That's the place where his presence dwells, is any thought. So it is an invitation. It is a breath. And we are invited into his strong tower through Adonai, through the strength of his wall. We're invited to be inside him in his strong tower through this gate, which Yeshua says is himself. And the whole purpose is because he wants his breath, that he wants that work to be done so that the breath of his breath will be connecting heaven and heaven through our breath out. Okay, so does anybody have any questions about what Holly just shared? Larry? Do it on the mic so our Zoomers can hear. Uh-oh, you're going to get grilled by the pastor. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I think this is wonderful. Uh, excellent, excellent job. So the last thing that, that you, when you pulled all this together, the idea of an invitation, 
you know, I've talked about that uh, interpreting uh, hilasmos, propitiation, from its Hebrew roots, as opposed to, you know, meaning the mercy seat, as opposed to uh, sacrificing virgins so the mad king doesn't destroy your city. And uh, so I was sitting there thinking about, the, uh, running through scriptures in my head about this oneness like you had up there in the many more. And I got into that and I realized, okay, that's the same thing. That is the place that is open. And and um, as far as the importance of some of the instruction and the construction of it, it's to be made of a single piece of gold. One. All the detail with the angels, all the detail with the rim around it, all that, it's made out of one piece of gold. And that was a very specific instruction. Awesome. And really, that's the part Jen brought in, I think, today to this place. Because when she said the ark, when she said it was like the same, the rib to rib was the same construction of that, the ark. And she was reading about it and it was the, this ark to ark construction of it. But we had talked about that word. What is the word again? I never remember the word. Propitiation. When we talked about that being actually the reigning place of God, then I think, okay, then there, there was the ark. And then we talked about it being, I mean, Yeshua says he, he was that place for us. But now I'm, absolutely convinced that this oneness we're invited into is because our breath to breath, our rib to rib, our oneness in him, that we are to be the meeting place of God where heaven meets earth through the breath, which is so simple because even when we go to sleep tonight, we are literally connecting heaven to earth every breath, even when we're asleep, which I think is beautiful. Ronnie? Now that you've described more of the paleo Hebrew or whatever it is you said, could you say that again and then remind us how that's an invitation? Yes. So the Shema would be teeth, like the Shin is teeth. And then the Mim is your waters. And the Y looking thing, the Ayin is your eyes. So what you see you're go- we, I want you to bite down on it. And Darla, did, whenever I was talking to her, she brought more emphasis to that shin piece because it's teeth. It's to take what is and to push on it, give it just enough pressure to digest within you so that it can really take the form that it's supposed to. So that first word would be saying, I want you to, what you're about to see, what you're about to experience, I want you, and, and, and discern what you're about to hear and discern and see. I want you to bite down on that and pressure with such a force and with such a way, like an aggressive force that I want you to bite into it because I want this to impact your very waters within. The next word is Israel. And God did show me some stuff about that, but I don't think it's a part of the invitation. So, so Shema and then Israel and then Adonai. So this is a really important one because it's the Yod Hey Vav Hey. And the Yod is like the work, the action, the arm, the whatever's going to reach out, the spark, the thing that starts something. So it's, I'm going to start this through breath. So this is the work or the starting of breath. And the next one, the Vav is the thing that connects. So connecting heaven to earth. And the next one's breath again. So I'm going to start this work of my breath, connecting heaven to earth through breath. And so to me, we're the ones as he breathed that living life into us. So it's saying, take hold of this, do what you need to do with your waters, because my, this is, this is who I am. And then Eloheinu. So Eloheinu would be the, and, and, um, that one I, I won't do because I'm not, I'm, I won't do that well. So Elohim, you're just our God. But then Adonai, so again, that last two words are probably the most important. I think Shema, Adonai, Echad is probably the most important. So that same thing with Adonai. And then 
He is a, he is the strong, silent beginning of all things that came before the creation of time. He is a wall or a gate. So it is a protected wall and a gate, but it has a door that, that, that is ready, that door that's ready to be into. So I believe what he's saying is take such pressure, take it by force, this invitation of what you're about to hear and see to if this will affect your very being of your waters and who you are, the living waters within you. I am the, I've done the work of breath to connect heaven to earth through my breath because I am the strong leader that was before time. I am a wall, but here is the door. And I believe it's an, 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 an option to enter that door. Invitation to open the door. Um, and there's layers in all of this stuff. So here's another layer. When you said bite and absorb, so you, or absorb or digest, to me that brings around the scripture of taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Jen has something. I just want one more piece that whenever they ask Yeshua, what is the greatest commandment? We we skip this line, even though he says this line. So he actually literally says the greatest commandment is Shema Yisrael Adonai Echad. I mean, even Yeshua said this is the greatest. So we should stop skipping it and dive in. And the next thing is you should love that's Yeah, that's awesome. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. Cool.